This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he fuck, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We, you know what I'm saying? Here go. Jesus, you're the best. Jesus, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You're the best. Oh, okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Is that still a thing? Um, guys with their pants hanging down. Oh, yeah. Huh. I wonder at what point, like the people that were really into that, the guys that were really into the low hanging pants, at what point they'll just be old guys and have low hanging pants. Like, (laughs) when do you transition from young and hip to old and no butt? That's the tragic irony of it, because once you hit an age where you have no butt and it's easy for pants to slip down. You don't want to wear them like that. Some people think that I have kind of cool retro clothes, and they're not. (laughs) They're. (laughs) Well, they're somewhat retro. Yeah, I'm still wearing them. They were my hip clothes from high school, and I'm still wearing them. That's who I am. Uh, The idea that I ever for a moment could even pretend that I was hip is laughable. Um, So where do we... What? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm just psyching myself up. You see, the album that we're doing for Dad Band this week, week is Steely oh Dan's Asia, Asia. So I am so cooled out. Bonnie, you could not groan in disgust when I mentioned it. This isn't even part of the show. <laughs> no, it's just, it's become like the Dad Band Land show. There's people writing in now to our Facebook page to talk about Dad Band Land. And you don't, and, and, okay, let's just say that was okay. You don't do anything for our show on your show. And the thing about, I just did. Oh, don't have I did have for the last two bullshit. weeks, I've plugged our show on, on, oh, on my sorry, show. Oh, sorry, I didn't listen to You don't listen, listen to, to my show. show. <laughs> yeah. I listened to your show, that Adland show, where you oh, talk about advertisements. Um, your it. voice sounds different on that show. That's Adeline. not me. That's dad band land. And Bonnie, I do mention our show and frequently and sometimes mention what we're doing and sometimes mention you. You said that there was no place in your show for a promo last time. There's no regular promo plus slot in our show. That's right. But it's not like I don't talk about us. Oh, oh, I see. OK. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't even talking about the show. I just wanted to say that I have to listen to the album Steely Dan's Asia all week. So I'm in a completely cooled out state of mind. Right. 
and and I'm not agitated enough to do this show. But now, thanks to Bonnie, I'm agitated <laughs> enough. Steely Dan has been nullified by Burns. Why are you listening to Steely? To, what was it? Steely Dan? Yeah, the album Asia. Yeah. Why are you listening to that? Because we're covering it on my other podcast, Paula. What other podcast? It's called Dad Bandland. Uh. You know what? <laughs> I had to read. I had to read a lot of stuff about St. Uh, Paul, Minneapolis. Paula's going to be there in November. St. <laughs> Paul or Minneapolis? Which? <laughs> this what are like- we talking about? Oh, Bonnie was um, Bonnie was throwing down with you promotion wise. Uh, oh, I see. That was her subtle. Yeah. I had to read up on like, St. Paul because yeah, Paul is yeah. going to be there in November. You don't. Okay, so what did you learn on, about St. Paul, Bonnie? Let's talk about this. You don't read up on where I'm going. That's absurd. You no, didn't she's even lying. know what. You didn't even know when I was going to the villages. For Christ's sakes, you don't read up on where I'm going. She's I just knew alive. it was called the villages. <laughs> I didn't know it was an old folks' no. home. Oh my god! You yeah. said. It, well, it's not an old folks' home, okay, but it's you not said an old I was. Folks home. It's a retirement community. Yes, you said that I was going to <laughs> Orlando. And the next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a golf cart parade. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, you don't. But let's, let's just, give Bonnie a chance. Paula, okay. Bonnie, give yeah. us a fun fact about St. Paul or any fact about St. Paul other than its proximity to Minneapolis. Uh, uh, she's going to be in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It's the uh, those are two different no. cities. Okay. There are two <laughs> different cities. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, look. That's, yeah. I just get the offers and I say yes or no, sometimes consulting with my client. I don't have to read every second of fine print. It's in St. Paul, Minneapolis. You just finished (laughs) saying that you read up on St. Paul. It was a blatant lie. It was a lie, I tell you. You guys, aren't we going to do a grabber? Yeah, this hasn't been a grabber. Oh, wait, did did you guys just see that? What was that? I think there's a ghost in this room. Oh, no. Did you see it? Uh, no, Paula. What, what's happening there? I think it's the ghost of Ben Franklin. I'm practically positive. Try to talk wow. to him. Ben? <laughs> would that be how I address him? Ben Franklin? Would I just I say would go Ben? Mr. Franklin or Ambassador Franklin? Wasn't that his last title? I'd go for Mr. <laughs> Franklin. No, wasn't he a senator? No, he wasn't a senator. <laughs> wow. Ben Franklin's ghost is now disgusted with Bonnie. Oh, my God. Try to talk to him. Uh, Mr. Franklin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What can I do for you, Paula? (laughs) I I just I want to thank you because I have progressive glasses and I know that never would have come to pass had it not been for you. Ooh, progressives. I wish I'd thought of those. But due to the glasswork of my time, the best I could do was bifocals. Ooh. Why do you sound... I can't deal with it. Mr. Franklin? Yes? What can I do for you, Paula? You sound like the game show host on I Love Lucy. Yeah. Yes, I've heard that a lot. Um, Mr. Franklin? Anyway, uh, a stitch in time saves nine, so maybe get to your podcast. Uh, thank, thank you, Mr. Franklin. Sure. It was so good of you to... 
don't know. New wow. problem. You know, grabbing people. You wouldn't. Be, you're not grabbed by Ben Franklin talking to you, and by the way, by him practically revealing that he's gay. Um, what? <laughs> by the way, I was never a senator. <laughs> no, no. Please I, tell that horrible woman I was never a senator. You were one of the founding fathers. Yes, I was one of the founding fathers. Of course, I was. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of our producers. Um, this is a podcast, Mr. Franklin. And I'm one aware. of our one of our producers um, is my manager, Bonnie Burns, who stepped away from her career as a historian in order to de- to devote her life to this kind of work. And we we of course want to thank her for that. She um, wasn't even ballpark on me though. <laughs> well, yeah. Never had yeah. an elective office. Didn't need one. Yeah, that's because oh. um, that's because she's going through historic figures um, alphabetically. Oh, and uh, right. So she hasn't gotten to the F's yet. Yeah, she hasn't got to the F's yet. She's uh, yeah. Well, then ask her something about John Adams. Bonnie, do you know anything about John Adams? John Adams was he the? Yeah, I think that's it. Wow. Uh, ben Franklin. <laughs> I guess she's still reading up on Nathaniel Aardvark then. Okay, no. He was one of the founding fathers. And was he the second president of the United States? Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes, he was. Well done. Well, with that little nugget of historical wisdom, I think I'll be off, Paula. I'm going to check out your worms out back. All right. Well, it's nice talking with you. And um, feel free to make yourself known in other ways than just waving the curtains and stuff. Although I appreciate you waving the curtains today because it's a hundred and fuck outside. Yeah. Well, you is. don't have an air conditioner, which I admire. You know, penny wise is pound foolish. <laughs> hey, Mr. Franklin. Yes. <laughs> she makes a question out of everything. <laughs> Did you have a weight problem? Oh, wow. Um... <laughs> I, I I carried a little bit of extra poundage with me, yes. Yeah, but did you try and lose it, or like you just no, it, like why, here's no. how I am? Why are we body shaming? <laughs> why are we body <laughs> the founding father? Curious. Absolutely if right, Tony yeah. Doll. No, I like I the cut of your jib hole. <laughs> if like a great man like you, obviously smart. I don't even have a body anymore, and you're shaming it. the mundane it. problem of having a problem with your It radio. wasn't a problem, all right? But you couldn't stay on a diet. You are an infuriating woman. <laughs> May I leave now? Yeah, fatsos. <laughs> Jesus. See you later. Wow. You well, know, there's so some for- pictures where the buttons are, like, puckering on your vest. <laughs> They didn't have cameras back then. Can we get off the weight thing, maybe? <laughs> it was a painting. When? <laughs> I can't believe some artist chose to paint strained buttons on my waistcoat. How embarrassing. <laughs> well... I don't envy any of you the task of the podcast ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Wasn't that exciting? That was exciting. That was our genuine founding father. Yeah, I could hardly believe it. He didn't and, sound uh, like I pictured him. No, he didn't sound like I pictured him at all. He sounded like the game show host from I Love Lucy. Uh, no, it's he, weird. Um, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, to uh, to scrape the barnacles off her hull. Um, uh, <laughs> Bonnie thought for sure she had an authentic Ben Franklin high school photo. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You might have gotten ripped off there, buddy. I don't know how much you paid for that original Ben Franklin high school <laughs> oh, photograph. Never buy historical photographs by those guys on street corners. You want to see Ben Franklin when he was a little overweight? <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah, why on earth? So, you know that question, who dead or alive would you have dinner with if you could? Clearly, Ben Franklin is one of Bonnie's selections. And yeah. uh, she would want to have him over so that she can say, like, Oh, maybe no dessert for you, Ben. She, uh, <laughs> we, we had a chance right then to ask him about our republic and, and to tell him that, you know, we might not be able to hold on to it and that maybe he had some recommendations about what we could do. But, but um, no. No, Bonnie. <laughs> Instead, Bonnie just wanted to fat shame him. Yeah, Bonnie just <laughs> thought he should maybe drink some probiotics. See what that does. <laughs> How about if we stop grabbing and st and start gabbing, like I like oh, to say at the end of a cold clever. open. That was clever. Wow. Thank you. Huh. Ready, I didn't guys? Know that, you know, it's funny that it sounds like a little bit of Ben Franklin rubbed off on you because that's it does. You know, let's wow, stop. that's weird because uh, yeah, I'm not very Franklin esque except for my weight problem, right, Bonnie? I never said you had a hey. I can't talk about somebody having a weight Well, you can problem. talk about it to Ben Franklin, apparently. <laughs> well, he's dead. <laughs> Well-reasoned, Burns. All right, let's, let's get this thing started. Oh, my gosh. Coming to you live from Are our Are we going to do the thing where you're not able to get oh. through the intro? Yeah. God, I thought we were going to skip that this week. Oh, okay. All right. Coming to you live. Because I'm from happy to skip it. I'm happy to just skip it, and you just go ahead and do the thing. Go ahead. Great, great. Let's let's do that then. Okay. Mm -hmm. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. Are you going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gun shy. All right, here we go. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles. Is that the ghost of Mamie Eisenhower? <laughs> She's one of the framers. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, sharing. It sounds like such a good and generous thing. There's nothing wrong with sharing, except maybe on social media, where sharing might just be destroying our entire world. Psychology professor Art Markman is here to talk about the sometimes dangerous effects of sharing on ourselves and our world. And then we go ahead and share a bunch of shit anyway. It's the return of our Department of Fine Print. 
I'm Adam Felber, this podcast's informational hygienist, your conversational Listerine, patrolling our pros to kill 99.9% of bad info. And now, please welcome the woman who will tell you everything you need to know and then just keep right on telling. It's Paula Poundstone. Hey, hey you guys. Howdy, Paula. And what a surprise to find you here. Um, <laughs> welcome back, House Band Darcy Hamlin on the French horn. Nobody, Darcy Hamlin, is third horn with the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. That's the St. Paul Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, as well as you guys know, uh, it is just so fucking hot. The L.A. Times says that we have a heat dome, uh, so it's been unbelievably hot. The other night, I couldn't sleep. I, I was just laying awake. Me and the dogs were listening to each other breathe. And so I put on the audio version of The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Because I thought that would help me sleep. And I started listening, and I was riveted, and I listened and listened, and, and maybe even that night, but certainly the next morning, I tweeted out. I mean, there are parallels, let's just say, between that time and now. Uh, there are parallels between the, the way the MAGA people are provoked, inspired, recruited, whatever you want to call it. And what was going on. Now, I didn't finish the book that night. I had only just started it. So I tweeted that. And I said, <laughs> you know, I'm listening to the rise and fall of the Third Reich. And, and you know, I made this observation, right? And I said, I'm just in the beginning. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that the parallels go any further than that. I don't know. Um, so I said, I'm just in the beginning of the book. And then a couple more times I went to the trouble of going on Twitter and specifically saying, I am listening to the audio version of uh, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. And then there was one, I guess it was today, that was just so shocking. The reader says uh, five, because he didn't say chapter. He just says five. Make Germany great again. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's insane. And so I tweet. I say, you know, I'm listening to, and it says make uh, chapter five is called Make Germany Great Again. I can hardly believe it. Like, this is freaky. And uh, somebody on Twitter writes me back and they say, in fact, the name of chapter five is, he tells me the name I've forgotten now, but it's something entirely different. And I said, well, I, I listened to it again. And that's what it says. And then I got thinking about it and I thought, you know, I wonder if I'm making a mistake. And so I look more carefully at the site where I pulled up the book and I am listening to the history of the Third Reich written by somebody else entirely. And it, and it was written in 2017. Oh, it was a reference. And, and this person was intentionally making yes. Germany sound even more like the MAGA people. Yes, I, I'm sure there are parallels to be drawn to begin with. But here I am, like thinking, like thinking, like, oh my god! And I'm the only one who notices this. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I, I'm ringing the bell. Uh, you know, I'm going through the town. I'm I'm Bartholomew. You know, with the horn from the Dr. Seuss book. Uh, I was so freaked out. And then it turns out, no, guy named Bill corrected me. 
He was very sweet about it. He didn't say, you fucking idiot. In fact, he said, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be snide. He said, no, you're not snide. You're just correct. Um, <laughs> you know, what I typed in when I went to pull up the audiobook originally was, I know I typed in The Rise and Fall of the Third Right because I don't know any other title. But I think maybe the thing came up with like a choice or something. And so I just, you know, it was the middle of the night. I was, it was 104 degrees in my house. And I just clicked on something and started to... Listen. Because that's such a well-known book, they you know people who put related material on probably tag it with Rise and Fall of the Third Reich because they want their thing to come up when people search for the original. Bet that's true. Yeah, assholes. Anyways, historian Paula Poundstone. That's a good story. I had a little Twitter adventure this week, too. Somebody retweeted a podcast about a comic book I had written many years ago. And the person who retweeted it said... Wow. Uh, this is this is great. I love this series. I wish Adam Felber would write more comic books. And I was like, I'm so flattered. That's so nice. But just like uh, some people who don't read the articles when they retweet, apparently this guy didn't listen to that podcast. Because I was like, well, I've just woken up. I'm going to start my morning routine. I'll listen to this podcast while I'm getting dressed. And the people on that podcast hated my comic book. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just kidding. tore it to, to, to shreds. They gave it they gave it one out of five stars. <laughs> so so I just. Well, how many people was it? Uh, like three people on the podcast. So here's the thing, though. I replied to the guy who, who did the retweet, the guy who hadn't listened to it. I said, I'm, thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. Apparently you liked it a lot better than the people on this podcast. And I just left it at that. It would be like if the eat, pray, fuck lady found out that we were talking about her book, and she exactly. went on all excited. <laughs> yes, and, and then, then listened yeah. to hour after hour of us shredding her. <laughs> but you know what? Within a couple of hours of me uh, tweeting that, one of the guys from that podcast uh, wrote back to say, sorry, it wasn't my cup of tea, but, uh, you know, thanks for writing it. And by the end of the day, I'm now pals with everybody on that podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> Boy, you just have no pride. They've, in fact, promised to read the rest of the books in my series. And, and, oh, bullshit. And they have. <laughs> no. I, did you give them money? Are you bringing things to them? Are you getting no. them breakfast now on a regular basis? This is one of no. the saddest stories I've ever heard. It really happened. This is what happened. This is my life. Did you tell them that you're on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone every episode? I didn't mention the every episode part. Well, because that's not a sobriquet that I like to uh, uh, put take on myself. I don't know from sobriquet. A sobriquet. Sobriquet. It's, I know uh, what it means. Uh, I, of course I know. It's for, for when you're for women's rights. No, that's suffragette. <laughs> oh, my mistake. <laughs> Cast off the shackles of yesterday. <laughs> Soldier to soldier into the fray. Our daughters' daughters will adore us. And they'll sing in grateful chorus. Well done. Well done, the Sister Sobriquet. Wow. And you, and, no, the Sister Suffragette. And, you know, my mind immediately went to that Paul McCartney song from the early 70s, from Wings. He sang a Sobriquet song? No, a Suffragette song. It's called Jet. Suffragette. Jet. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was about a jet. Well, he yells suffragette many a time. But then there's huh. that confusing line, I thought the major was a little lady. Does he really mm. say suffragette? 
Yeah. Suffer a jet, jet. Ooh, yeah, that's that's the that's the lyric. Tony, look up the lyric. You're always googling. Yeah, it was, she already is. Yeah, she Tony googled that before she got up this morning. That can be uh, a little bit confusing. You know, Tony, any hold? Do you have it yet? Yeah, um, he sings and Jet. I thought the major was a lady suffragette. Jet, ooh, Jet, ooh. Oh, yeah, that, that's a song. All right. <laughs> Pardon me. That's all right, Bonnie. You know, Bonnie, as long as you've got the spotlight, having contradicted me and turned out to be wrong, how are you? <laughs> well, there's, okay. You know, I used the old age thing a couple of days ago, and it worked really, really well. And what for mean? what? What I found is if I say, like, I'm an older person, then, like, for a long time, I didn't want to say my age, and I was trying to seem like I was younger than I really was. But now I'm finding if I make myself even older than I am, it can work in my favor. So I became a member of this thing called Instacart, where you order groceries and they deliver them to your house. But I guess I clicked on the wrong thing, and the perks you were supposed to get, like free delivery and a reduction, I didn't get any of those. So I call up and I say, you know, I'm not getting the blah, blah, blah. And the woman goes, oh, I'll check. And she goes, well, no, you're not ordering the right way. You were supposed to go on Instacart. And I go, ma'am, I'm 85 years old. Do you really expect <laughs> me to see the print and figure out the difference? And, you know, a couple of times she went, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're not being very nice to old people. You need to consider senior citizens in your listings. Oh, and my so gosh. They not only fixed it, but they gave me a credit for like the whole year that they hadn't been giving me free That is delivery. disgusting. Bonnie, I gotta ask you. You're, I mean, it's, why did you go for eighty-five? Because I wanted to make it like old enough that they would really like. Oh, it's like an old lady, kind of crazy old lady. She was trying to come on to Ben Franklin's ghost. I think. Yeah. I'm telling you, it works. I'm. It I think works. right after you called him fat, it was all over. I, I don't think. Yeah. You know, my eyesight's not that great anymore. I. And I just, I guess I didn't see it. Yeah, but you could have said that and not lied about your age. It's kind of funny. Like after all those years of not wanting to say how old I was to make it older. Yeah, uh, this Paulus manager, I'm 92. No. Oh, sorry I didn't get back to you right away, but I'm, God, I'm 92, and I just can't return all my calls during the day. This is not good. This is not a good course. <laughs> Can we just have a quick business huddle, Bonnie? <laughs> yeah. Stop fucking lying to people. How there? There. That's I would say about age, but let's just say in general. Oh my god. I really don't lie because you, you don't just finished lie. telling so two different stories about lying. No, that's different. That's that's to like No, that's lying. I don't know those people. I'm not working on your behalf. I wouldn't do that. Oh, my God. I don't lie if it's something I think I'll feel guilty about. Are you telling the truth right now? No. Yes. I don't. I really don't <laughs> lie. Oh, my God. Like, I wouldn't try and get away with something, but this is. I, I think you're missing my point. My point was that I have this new weapon, which is being older. I support it. Oh, Jesus. Tony. <laughs> It's a new weapon. Yeah. I might not be around when I'm 85, so I might as well when you, use it now. 
When you bump into your dad, <laughs> Geppetto, say hi to him for me. Tony, how are you? Yeah, Tony, how are you? I can't believe you just said you support that. I that support is disgusting. It. It's not kind of sticking it to the man. Like, it's a giant... No, it's not. Okay. It's not right. Okay. Uh, how am oh I? I've, I've moved on from blackhead removal videos and oh, now yay. and i'm on ingrown hair videos that's oh. all the time we have <laughs> <laughs> like it is wild these wads of hair that are stuck under oh stop skin. it <laughs> and i take it uh, let me just guess you're watching people removing ingrown hair and you find that satisfying yes see oh, that is disgusting see, it's not just that you want to see ingrown hair you want to see it come out Yes, it is wild. Oh. It's disgusting. You know, if somebody hasn't it's listened wild. to our show before, and this is the first one we've they've tuned into <laughs> so far, look at what we've yeah. talked about. Yeah. I don't think they get past the ghost yeah. of Franklin. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, okay, for any new listeners, we like to do this part up front. Um, where, where we have a section that's just for our resident liar and our resident psychopath. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, which one am I? You're the psychopath. Um, <laughs> I'm not a liar. Yeah. I'm really not. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> what yeah. thing about my age, what difference does it make? Well, apparently it made a difference to Instacart. I think it makes a difference to Paula. You're you're a senior citizen. Yeah. Why can't I capitalize on that? Yeah. I didn't know you were a senior citizen. I have never inquired as to your age. But if I go like I'm 63, that's not enough for people to think like. That's not enough to be a senior citizen. I think one of the clues was when Ben Franklin said, good to see you again. (laughs) I think that was. (laughs) I've got good news for all our listeners. Um, In just a week, you won't have to hear us discuss any of that stuff anymore because we are getting back to our bookie, bookie book club. Just to remind everybody, the book is The Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. Is it Cañas? Cañas, yeah. Yeah, there's a little thing over her, her name. And we are reading chapters one through five. That's the first... 50 pages of the book. They're very short chapters, I'm told. Um, So uh, once again, everybody, next week, the Bookie Bookie Book Club returns and talk about ingrown hairs goes away. (laughs) Aw, womp womp. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Paula, do you have a vocabulary word for us this week? (laughs) Oh, my God. I just feel like I've been away at some sweat lodge where people share the worst of themselves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's true. I I have a word, Adam, and the word is grotty. It's grotty. an adjective that means unpleasant and of poor quality. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I got lost one time on a long driving trip with my kids, and we ended up in a hotel so grotty that we left it and slept more comfortably in our car. It was the Grotty Hotel. I should have recognized it. Uh, but I didn't know the word. So I swung right <laughs> in the parking lot. And I marveled at how many rooms were vacant. Um, it's a great word. And, of course, there's lots of use for it. I just wish I could remember it. Let's put it right into the vocabulary song. Grotty. 
This week's word is grotty. It's an adjective that means unpleasant and of poor quality. This shitty hotel isn't a good place for our frivolity. Last week's word was perfunctory. It's an adjective that means carried out with very little effort or interest. Just slapped together whatever shit was simplest. The week before that, the word was incipient. It's an adjective that means in an initial stage beginning to happen or develop. My tumor was small and it started to swell up. Going back before that, the word was pule. It's a verb that means cry feebly or in a complaining way. It's my turn. I want to play. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Wow. Now, Paula, that was a great song and a great word. And now there is a great task before you. As you know, if you can remember to use grotty, in natural dialogue, somewhere during the rest of this podcast, correctly, use it correctly and naturally, in a sentence of some sort, you will win the right to send Cher a dollar. Oh, boy. I, I okay. still don't right. get it. Okay. <laughs> well, Cher gets it every so right. often. <laughs> every uh, once in a while. <laughs> Grotty is the word, Paula. Tony Anita Hall, chosen as Norwegian Cruise Line's favorite <laughs> lifeboat buddy three years in a row. If you can, without Googling, tell me which of choices A through D might be said by someone who could be described as sagacious. A former nobody listens to Paula Pound, so vocabulary word, we will give literally dollars worth of advertising to Nappy Roots Books at 3705 Spring Lake Drive in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. However, and I would rather go to Dr. Ronnie Jackson for an annual physical than even think about it, but if you cannot tell me without Googling which of choices A through D might be said by someone who could be described as sagacious, we will not be able to give literally dollars worth of advertising to Nappy Roots Books at 3705 Spring Lake Drive in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Tony Anita Hall, are you ready? Yes. What are you? You're not looking at one of the videos right now, are you? Oh, oh. Uh, come on. Oh, Tony. <laughs> Which of choices A through D might be said by someone who could be described as sagacious? A, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute. One minute. And there's a way we can do something like that by injection inside. B, do you know who I am? C, if we ration our water use, we should be able to make it. D, I found this pill on the ground. I'm going to take it to see what it is. Spell it. S-A-G-A-C-I-O-U-S. Um, I'm going to say um, B. I feel like I always guess B. I'm sorry, oh. Tony, Anita, Hall, and we are very sorry to Nappy Roots Books at 3705 Spring Lake Drive. In Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. But we cannot give literally 
$50 worth of advertising to Nappy Roots Books at 3705 Spring Lake Drive in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, because sagacious is an adjective that means having or showing good judgment. So the answer is C. If we ration our water use, we should be able to make it. So as much as we would like to give literally dollars worth of advertising to Nappy Roots Books at 3705 Spring Lake Drive in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the rules will not allow it. We're heartbroken, of course, because we really wanted to recommend that if listeners are in the Oklahoma City area, they stop by Nappy Roots Books at 3705 Spring Lake Drive in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and buy some banned books, but we cannot. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Not as sorry for that bookstore, because I, I hear that they're, you know, they really could have used that dollar's worth of publicity. Oh, well. Literally dollars f- worth of advertising. Yeah, don't, don't feel guilty about it, Tony. Don't dwell on it. Hey, you know, Mark Twain once said, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. At least, that's what I read from a friend on Facebook, and then I looked into it and discovered that, in fact, Mark Twain never said that. Ah, Internet, you can even lie about lies. We look at the dangers of oversharing when we come back. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adam. Yes. One in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, <laughs> make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Si, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, guys, it's Adam. And tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Ha <laughs> ha 
On this day in unremarkable history, Chuck Grassley said, This light bulb thing that you've created is just amazing, Tom. <laughs> House bed, Darcy Hamlin. We are back, Paula, and you look pensive. You have a look on your face that says, I'm a thinking about something. I'm always thinking, Adam. That's the thing about me. I spend a lot of time on goofy Twitter, and I follow multiple news sites. Not too long ago, we interviewed uh, Peter Adams from the News Literacy Project, and he said to be careful of what you retweet so you're not spreading misinformation. So I try to watch my sources, but there are only 24 hours in a day. I'm not proud of this, but I don't always read the articles. I'm a master of the headlines, though. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I wonder if I'm the only person who does that. And does it matter? Does it, does it have any effect? I wish I knew. I wish I knew somebody who could tell me, someone who had some understanding of human behavior. If there's anybody out there who fits that description, I'm pretty sure I'll never meet them. I'm just not that lucky. Well, Paula Poundstone, <laughs> if I may quote Ben Franklin, today is your lucky day because as it happens, our guest <laughs> happens to be an expert on that very subject. Oh, Austin. wait a minute. Yes, that, it's is, true. that is that is freakish wrapped in a light phyllo dough. Whoa. <laughs> yes. He's an author, host of the podcast Two Guys on Your Head, and professor of psychology at the University of Texas at Austin. Please welcome back returning champion, Professor Art Markman. Oh. Yay. So good to be back. Well, Art, thank you very much for joining us. All right, let me just ask you a question before we even, you know, really get into what you're here to talk about. If someone lies about their age... Oh, my God. Uh, ...egregiously in order to get benefits from it, that's lying, isn't it? Depends on the benefits, but 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 probably. Perfectly correct, Art. Let's say you, you, you ordered poorly on Instacart and you, you called customer service and, and claimed to be like 20 years older than you are um, <laughs> and, and say, why, why that? And then go, that's elder abuse. How dare you? And until they give you a, give you the discounts that you wanted and more. Is that lying? Is that I, dishonest? Yeah, that, that could be construed as lying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. That's exactly no, what Art, I, <laughs> The truth is, I am older. I'm over 60 Old, and I, older than you what? know, it gets confusing on the internet. It was kind of fine print what oh, you're supposed to do. They didn't make it clear. All I did was exaggerate from my age up to 85. <laughs> so they would take more sympathy on me as an older person. Were you doing 85 in oh. a 65? Yes, yeah, exactly. 85 in a 65 zone. <laughs> I mean, is that really lying? I, you know, no, it's, it's a lie. I, it's a lie. I would guess. That's right. I technically a lie. Uh, yeah. All right. You got to own uh, that. Uh, uh, yeah. I appreciate that, Art, because otherwise I'll tell you something. These next 20 or 25 minutes were going to be pretty rough for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Art Markman, you've written an article for Psychology Today that says if people share an article, it makes them feel like they know about the topic. Yeah. How was this determined? So, so there was a really cool set of studies done by, by three psychologists, uh, Adrian Ward, Frank Zhang, and Susan Bernarczyk. They did a couple of different kinds of studies to get at this. 
And the first one was just purely observation. They brought people into the lab and they showed them a bunch of articles. And they said, look, you can read as many of these as you want, but you don't have to read them if you don't want. And then we'd like you to share a certain number of these for participants who are going to be coming later. So you had you, you could read some or not, and then you could share them. And so the first thing that they found was that about 40% of the articles people shared were ones that they chose to read. But about 40% were ones that they hadn't read, but I guess looked interesting. Now, here's the fun part with that study. Afterwards, they did two things. They gave people some tests of how well they understood the topics. And they also asked them, how well do you think you understand the topic? So, so subjectively, how much do you think you understand this? And what they found was the best predictor of whether you actually understand the, the, the information was whether you read the article. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's not surprising. But the best predictor of whether you thought you understood the article was whether you shared it. Wow. Was sharing make you think you knew more than even if you'd read the article? Well, it, it they they added together. So so having read the article gave you some subjective belief that you understood it, but then sharing it gave you even more. And the worst part is if you hadn't read it and you didn't really understand it, it gave you the illusion of understanding just because you shared it. You know, I have to say, I am sort of guilty of this. I usually, if I post something, I will say... I haven't read, I just read the headline because, you know, CNN puts up like these headlines and I get captivated by the headline, but I often don't, you know, I don't take the time to read it. And so I'll just say, I saw on a CNN headline, blah, blah, blah. It could be horrible and misleading. Um, it could even be like a like a clickbait, like entirely deceptive. And by the way, I'm not going to use the CNN website anymore because, well, although I haven't read the article, I understand that a not good guy took over now. Um, so <laughs> like that, that's kind of how I do it. Is this related at all? I went to what I think was a good public high school, but I didn't go to classes. But my feeling was that I was around students who did go to classes and that that was kind of a value. Was I right? Oh yeah, just just by saying you went to the high school, you're 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 increasing that sense of I I know some stuff. And 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 you also yeah. know people who know stuff. But actually what you were just saying about well, I'm I'm going to act on the basis of this knowledge that I don't have. So you know, you were saying, well, I'm not going to share stuff from CNN anymore because I there was this article that I that I saw but I didn't read. I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing that this is talking about is once you start sharing this knowledge that that comes from something you haven't actually read, you start acting in ways that as if you understand it without actually understanding the information at all. And, and that's what causes the problem, because at some point it's actually useful to know stuff. You know, Art, I don't know about your life, but in mine, there's 24 hours in a day. At some point, you just have to pretend that you know shit. Or admit that there's some stuff you don't know. 
Okay, have you ever talked to Ben Franklin? <laughs> Not lately. Um, I thought I thought you said that there was more than one way that they found this out. Was there more than one study? And did I cut you off before you could say the other study? Oh, I, I you didn't cut me off. I gave I gave you a chance to talk because I didn't want to dominate. Yeah. But but yeah. No. So that that first study, the problem with it is it's purely correlational which means that they didn't manipulate anything. And the problem with these correlational studies where you observe a couple of things is there might be some other reason why the, you, they observe the result. And so that's why the gold standard in, in, in these kinds of studies is to do some kind of experimental manipulation. And so the, the researchers did several other studies in which they manipulated what people did. And so they would do things like run a study in which you either had to read the, in, the, the information or just look at the headlines, and then you were asked to share it to your social media profile or, or just to review the, the headline again. And so, so there was a manipulation of both whether you read it or not and a manipulation of whether you shared it, and, and they get the same result. Oh, so it's not just that sh people who tend to share tend to think they know shit. It's the act of sharing is what does it. That's right. It could have just been that the sort of people who share stuff without really reading it are the kinds of people who just say, I know things. And, and that, was, that wasn't what's going on, right? It was, it's absolutely that, that the act of sharing seems to drive this. That's fascinating. Does the act of sharing make you believe it? Well, it, it, it mostly makes you believe that you understand it. But, but, you okay. know, but a piece of that can be that you believe in the thing that you share because it's, it's, it's often hard to tell the difference, right? When there's something you believe, you know, you believe it's true. And so that then becomes part of the way that you express things, the part of the way that you, that you act, part of the way that you do things. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can actually shape a lot of, of who you are. You see, I guess what I'm asking is because I was wondering how this relates to, say, looking back at the 2016 election, when you had all those people who were sharing um, Russian disinformation. Yeah. Does the act of sharing make them believe it more, I guess? Is, and does this study speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. The act of sharing that stuff does increase that that overall belief that, yeah, I this is this is a true thing. And, and the more people who share it, the more it takes on an additional reality. Because if you think about it, an awful lot of what we think we know, we know it because everybody else knows it. You know, like we, we believe that the thing that sucks, you know, a, an object down to the ground is gravity. Most of us haven't done the experiments and may not have even understood the chapters in physics class, but everybody else seems to believe it's gravity. No, I've done the experiments. I jump up in the air. But how do you know it's gravity? Well, that's just a word that someone's caught. You mean, how do I know that it's a force that pulls things yeah. down? Yeah. I. You know what? I've often wished, if Newton hadn't gotten it, I think I could have. Because, <laughs> you know, the idea that an apple fell on his head and he's like, oh, look, there's a force that pulls things down. Okay. I, I would have noticed that eventually. And I'm surprised that none of his... Um, None of the people that went before him ever did. That one doesn't seem hard. I feel like they did, Paul. I, I feel like people understood that things went fell down. You know, he got an awful before. lot of credit for it. He, he, he did get credit for it. All right. You know, um, the Dutch philosopher Erasmus once said, there is no joy in possession without sharing, which would have been really cool if he hadn't sent that out to all his friends along with a thousand hilarious <laughs> cat memes. 
We'll share more about intemperate sharing when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Pip from New Canada, Maine. happy to be back out on the road. I am vaccinated and fully boosted. I wear a mask until just before I hit the stage and I put it back on just after. And I want my audience to be masked and vaxxed. Do you know why? Because I never want to lose the opportunity to perform in front of a live audience again. It has been so much fun. I got no supply chain problems. I'm backed up with jokes. I'm the crazy Eddie of jokes. I got way too many. I'm practically giving them away. My flight was delayed the other day because I kept stepping behind the first class curtain saying, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Paula Poundstone and stepping through to tell jokes to the rest of the people in coach. Even when they duct taped me to the seat, I said, duct tape? Why would a duck have tape? Why not sloth staples? Well, I guess sloths would staple too slow and the staple wouldn't hold. Besides, sloths rolled office work. You gotta come see me in a theater, just so I can get my dignity back. The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paula, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Learning to talk to Trump. Talk 
Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is, sloppiness was not the crime. We're back with Professor Art Markman. Now, Paula, I hope that you uh, listen to the rest of this interview before you share it. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it occurs to me that I did that thing that I do. Um, Art, when you said correlation, uh, I nodded my head like a bobblehead do doll. Um, will you explain to me what uh, what a c correlational study is? Yeah, sure. So, so the idea behind a correlational study is all you do is measure things. All you do is observe things and you don't manipulate anything. In this particular study, the, the first of these that was correlational, what they did was they just gave people a chance to decide for themselves whether they wanted to read the, the article, decide for themselves whether they wanted to share the article. And because nothing was manipulated there, uh, the fact that there was a relationship between sharing an article and that subjective uh, belief that you understand it could have been caused by all kinds of things. It could have been caused by all kinds of characteristics of the kind of people who tend to share or don't tend to share. Or maybe the the, the people who, who shared particular topics already believed that they understood those topics, even though they really didn't. And so there were all sorts of things that could have been going on. And that's the danger with, with correlational studies. And that's why you've got to do experiments, because once you do an experiment, you can isolate that characteristic and say, yeah, that's the thing that's causing what's going on. That's exactly why I'm going to dip my arm into this hot boiling oil, because you have to do an experiment I don't okay, think okay. that that's what he was talking about. I think you should probably not do that with the oil. Yeah. Just like that's right. just like people pre-Newton didn't jump off cliffs because there, yeah. there were no rules about gravity. Yeah, because they had some sort of suspicion. All right, your article also <laughs> mentioned the hive mind. What what's a hive mind? Well, you know, the this this gets back to this idea that that all of us don't need to know everything. We can rely on the people around us to have a certain amount of knowledge. I mean, the beauty of modern society is I don't need to know how to fix the plumbing in my house because I can call someone else who knows how to do it. And, and, yeah. and so there's lots of things. You know, I can have a particular expertise, but I don't have to know everything because I can rely on other people to know some things as well. And, and so, you know, if you think about it, this, this, this general idea, if you think about the collected knowledge across all the people in a society, that's kind of our hive mind, right? Where we're taking advantage of, of all of the different things that people know. And, and, and that's incredibly valuable. And, and on top of that, if, if different people all take a, a, their own independent look at something and come to the same conclusion, then that then you can believe that that conclusion is is a reasonable one to have because lots of independent people have looked at it. Now here's the danger. If if everyone is using the same biased sources of information, then we can come to believe a bunch of stuff that isn't really true. So to get back to what you were saying earlier about a bunch of people uh you know sharing sharing say Russian propaganda during the election, 
you know, what, what we had was a bunch of people who were just randomly looking at their social media feeds and then thinking to themselves, well, gosh, everybody's saying these nasty things about Hillary Clinton. They must be true because how could there be this many different people saying this unless there was something to pay attention to? But in this case, what you had was a concerted effort to bias what people were seeing on social media. And so the hive mind itself became biased just on the basis of all of the different sources of information that were out there. I'm listening to a book called The History of the Third Reich. And the who's it, Goebbels, the guy that did the propaganda stuff. It's so horrifying. And of course, you know, he had all these techniques. And what's sad is that he was right about the techniques. He certainly wasn't right about what he was saying, but he was right about the techniques. And one can't help but feel, I mean, maybe it's not only bad guys that do it, but I feel like those techniques have been passed down. Um, And now they really can take flight with goofy, silly, stupid uh, internet that may do us as much harm as it does us good. Uh, Having said that, I have to confess, well, I told you I am guilty of reading a headline and passing the article along. I guess guess what I'm always hoping is that someone smarter than me will vet it. But even if they do vet it, Paula, I think think the, the danger here is, A, you might you might be spreading disinformation, but B, if I'm reading Professor Markman correctly, you are convincing yourself that you know more than you do when you do that. Yeah, but you know what? It feels so good. I've always, <laughs> I, you know, I don't have the best education and it's not because it wasn't offered to me. It's because I didn't take it. So it's nobody's fault but my own. So there's large gaps in my body of knowledge. One of the things I like to do is buy books and just have them in the room with me. And uh, just by looking at the titles, I feel that I've elevated myself. You haven't. You you, you know, let's drill down on that a little bit more. Like, for instance, now that I know that if I share something, it's going to make me feel like I know more than I do. Does that insulate me now that Paula knows? Can she share stuff without without reading it? And she won't think she knows more because she knows that she's bound to think that she knows more? You know, it increases your 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 that subjective knowledge. You know, I, I mean, substantially, I guess, is a way to say it. A couple, you know, I mean, they, we use, you know, we often use rating scales for these kinds of things. It increases it by, you know, about a scale point out of five. But but what's what's really interesting about this is it's really hard to de-bias these effects because, you know, you're not really paying a lot of attention to which stuff you share and which stuff you don't. So these effects kind of slip in under the radar. It's the sort of thing where, it, you, you know, you share this thing and it gives you an extra feeling of familiarity. It gives you an extra jolt of I'm the sort of person who shared this thing and then you move on. And it's hard to keep track of later when you look back and somebody asks you, well, do you really understand this thing? It's hard to look back on it and say, oh, well, you know, about 15 percent of my belief comes from from me sharing that article. And so and so you really don't have the resources to be able to tease all that apart. So so you're better off just not doing it if you're worried about believing that you understand something better than you actually do. You know, it would be great. We were lucky enough to have um, Carl Lewis Uh, come on our podcast twice. And it would be great if it worked like this. If just by talking to Carl Lewis, the the great Olympian, um, that I was in better physical shape. Yeah. 
Yeah, and faster. Just as a result of talking to him. And I think I did feel that. I, oh, I, <laughs> I think I did too. I think, I, uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's one of the reasons why, you know, you, you do Peloton or something like that. You hang out with all these really fit people on a screen and suddenly you think I'm, I've got this nailed. Yeah. <laughs> Am I in danger if I, if, let's say if I start just sharing articles about um, auto care, am I in danger of thinking I can repair a car? Well, I, it's, it's less that you think you'd be able to repair a car and more that you might increase the belief that when you're talking to the car repair person that you actually understand what they're saying. You know, because I, I know nothing about the way my car works. And, you know, like when you go buy a car and they lift up the hood and you're just staring yeah. at wires and metal and you figure it must yeah. be the engine. Right. But you don't want to say that. I think if you share a bunch of those articles, you might suddenly look at that and think, oh, I'll bet that's a cam. Yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest moments of my life was years ago. I had a I had a 65 Mustang that broke down every few feet and I was forever being ripped off by auto mechanics because I didn't know anything about cars. And one day the gas pedal fell off and I was so happy because I knew what it was. I, uh, <laughs> you know, there was still a stick there. I could push the stick with my foot, but the pedal itself just fell off. And I'm like, you know what? I could make that repair myself. I can do the diagnosis anyways, because if it weren't for that, like the, something could be wrong with the glove compartment. And if I didn't know exactly what it was, then you know some asshole is going to raise the hood when I pull into the garage and pretend that, oh, yeah, that uh, that uh, glove compartment door is connected to the electrical uh, bit of butter that connects to the... Uh, ah, to then your, you're paying for a new bit of butter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I go, you know, I, you know, I can get, I can order you a bit of butter. It's going to take a while for it to come in. A bit of butter. Uh, <laughs> all right. So first of all, I really have tried to be more careful about what I retweet or share. Uh, I really have tried to be more careful about my sources since we talked to the news literacy guy. But now that I know that I also sort of become more of an idiot by re by sharing things, right? Because you become a blowhard, basically. Uh, well, become is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you increase increase your blowhard quotient. Yeah, I become more of a blowhard. All right, now that you've pointed this out to us, I don't think I can ever go back to ignorance on this topic. Because, by the way, I read the whole article, Ooh. and I talked to you. That's right. Yeah. So technically, at this point. I'm a trained therapist. <laughs> no, that's the opposite. So bottom bottom line, Art, um, don't share things if you haven't read the article. That would yeah. be your advice. Yes. That's just blanket statement right there. Yeah. Either take the time to read it or don't share it because sharing in, our, in this new age of social media has an actual effect on you that's and right. maybe other people. Exactly right. All right. Nailed it. That's a good headline. Um, but Art, we're going to go deeper than that because now we're going to run all this information through our own state-of-the-art machine we call the Pounce Donator. Paula? House band Darcy Hamlin on the French horn, you sound wonderful. Thank you so much. And if I could make like Oliver and ask for some more, I'd love some background music so I can tell you what the old Pounce Donator spit out. <laughs> Psychology professor Art Markman, thank you so much for being with us to talk about yet another weird fucking behavior that's adding to our unraveling. <laughs> 
now that you pointed out, I'm definitely guilty of this. And, and, and I can see that it's one more link in the chain of the spread of disinformation. I'm realizing now that I've been an early practitioner of this phenomenon of believing that I know about a topic just because I read the title. I used to work in a bookstore. The only book I can actually remember reading while I was at the bookstore was The First Circle by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who, by the way, I saw an article about once that said he decided Russia wasn't so bad after all. Well, actually, I didn't read the whole article, so cancel that, cancel that. Boy, this is going to be a hard habit to break. Anyway, my point is, I worked eight hours a day at the bookstore, and I was just starting out as a stand-up comic at the time, so I was at clubs at night. Therefore... I saw a lot of book covers and titles, but I didn't read all that many. Plus, I'm a very slow reader. I saw an article once about slow readers. Stop, stop, don't do it. Don't, never mind, never mind. I can't speak for everyone in the study who chooses to send an article that they haven't read, but I can say for myself, I think part of what happens to me is my desire to appear smarter than I am. I think I'm drawn to intelligent people, so I'm used to being the stupidest person in the rocket lab. I, I guess I've developed some coping mechanisms. For example, right now, beside my sleeping area, I have the book, Eyewitness, a living documentary of African-American contributions to American history, which I've only read the first chapter of, and yet I have more than once tweeted Martin Luther King's daughter, Bernice King, to tell her something about the black experience. I have a book <laughs> called Healing Pain and Injury. I haven't even opened it, and I feel better. I see now why I still buy books when I couldn't possibly have time to read them in the years I have left. I, I, I have not so much as folded back the cover on The Audacity of Hope by Barack Obama, and I wait up at night for him to call me. Years ago, my daughter and I went backpacking on Mount San Jacinto in 12 feet of snow. Uh, we were required to have snow axes, which I had no idea how to use, and crampons, even though I don't think I had my period anymore. I bought a book about winter backpacking, never read it, and off we went. I stand corrected, Art Markman. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Writer, podcast host, our resident psychology expert, Art Markman, everybody. Yay! Art, thanks so much for coming by. Oh, thanks so much. It was great to be here again. Oh, thank you very much for, for being here. I, um, I recently read an article about you being here. <laughs> And I'm going to send it to Did you. Did you read the whole article, Paul? Okay, I read the headline. Don't send uh, it to him. Okay, I'm not going to send it to you until I finish reading it. <laughs> Coming up, now that we've learned not to share questionable and useless information, it's time to share questionable and useless information. <laughs> it's our department of fine print when we come back. <laughs> Fun fact, Bangkok is the most visited city in the world, but it is only the second most laughed at city name. That honor belongs to the Barfarian village of Fartsenpupin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
And we are back. Thank you, Darcy Hamlin. That is sounding fantastic. Woohoo! And Paula Poundstone, I know I previewed it before the break, but we have we have just one of our favorite departments coming back, and we haven't done it in quite a while. I would like, by the way, to be a department head, if I could. Um, would you like to be the head of this particular department? Because you excel at this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Department of Fine Print? Yes, it's time for the Department of Fine Print. Bonnie can't be the department head of the Department of Fine Print because the print is fine and it's too small for an 85-year-old to see. (laughs) Be that as it may, it's time for the Department of Fine Print. Ha, 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 it's so silly. Ha, 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 willy-nilly. What they put on fine print packaging is enough to make me scream. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was uh, something special. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to. I don't want to hurt any feelings here, but the word grotty comes to mind. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Though this, this Department of Fine Print is special because we went ahead and asked our nobodies, our beloved listeners, if they could scour the packaging around their house and come up with some fine print. So we not only have fine print from us, we have fine print from them. And now, Paula, would you kick us off with some fine print? All right, so I looked at the package of a thing called a Sonicur. It measures the pH in your soil. So you stick okay. it in the soil and then it has a little, what do you call it? Uh, uh, a dial, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so I was looking at the package and it has a picture. It says outdoor and it shows like an outdoor plant. And then it says indoor and it shows some indoor plants. And it says garden and it shows a little garden because it's telling you where you can use it. And then it shows like a, a big crop and it says plantation. You can use it on your plantation. Da 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 da. Daddy, daddy. <laughs> the the wow. pH. Rhett, Rhett, the blend. The pH isn't right. Rhett, the pH isn't right. <laughs> I feel like this company needs to update their uh, label a little yeah. bit from, from the 1870s. Yeah, it had the rich soil of Terra on the side. Uh, <laughs> as God is my witness, I will know my pH. Um, yeah, my guess is it's a foreign company that makes it. They didn't have anybody, like, to really fully do the translation. You feel Um, like it's a poor translation. Culturally, yeah, because you can use it on your plantation, which I think, you know, for a lot of plantation owners, this really, uh, you know what? Okay, so years ago when we shifted away from slavery, you know, a lot of the plantation owners, I think, felt left behind in terms of being a target audience. So I think this is good to kind of bring them back into the fold to say, you know what? All right, let's let bygones be bygones, and uh, and we want your pH to be good too. That's yeah. Well, we're really, it's a real reconciliation thing, and that's right. That's a hundred and fifty year old plantation owner is a demographic that just doesn't get catered to anymore the way it used to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story, yeah. the way that the, the Sonicer company is reaching out. I, I've got one here, Paula, that I think you'll enjoy. I found on the back of a um, box of Glad sandwich bags, which I was using before we picked up that fantastic sponsor, Hold On. 
that makes biodegradable plant-based sandwich bags. Anyway, on the back of this Glad box, it says, see our website, www.glad.com, for more ways to use Glad bags. <laughs> and I said to myself, this is going to be really fun. This is going to be a sick burn because I'm going to go to that website and there's going to be fuck all about how to use Glad bags under different contexts. And uh, then I'll just make fun of them. But Paula, I went to the website and you know what? Damned if they don't give you all these different really weird other things you can do with these bags. Like number 76, put them up your butt. No, I'm kidding about that one. Uh, I, but you know what? I thought, well, there's that one scene in Breaking Bad, but uh, I was thinking um, not well-crafted condom. I was thinking that. <laughs> I was thinking stuff like that, too. <laughs> but no, they, they, they have stuff like uh, make a witch skirt. And they tell you how to take a big, glad, hefty bag and make a last-minute Halloween costume out of it. Another one is don't get lost in the woods. Cut your big hefty bag into strips and tie them around trees as you go as trail markers. Wow. Boy, they are desperate to sell these bags. There's, there's uh. one to throw a pirate party, and it's got these kids enjoying a pirate party, and on the wall behind them is a garbage bag taped to the wall with a skull and bones on it. It's a, and, and they say throwing a party for the little ones, but don't have a theme. Ahoy. Throw them a pirate party. The best part. You've got the cleanup on hand as soon as you're done. I, I try to limit my use of plastic bags and like a sandwich bag I would rinse off after I, I, I use it and reuse it. Uh, but the idea, that, and I know, Tony, you, you must be drooling over these craft ideas, um, but uh, <laughs> the idea that someone's purposely coming up with different ways to use the glass. And, and as opposed to, gee, I can't think of any other way to deal with this problem than using a plastic bag. The idea that someone's actually trying to come up with ways to use a plastic bag uh, is part of our overall problem. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I like that one of them is rip it up and tie it on trees in nature so that the plastic's out there in, in the unspoiled wilderness. Yeah, yeah. How about this, Glad? Take a large trash bag and over the back of your boat while you're on the Atlantic, just pull little pieces of it off and drop it into the ocean. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Why should only the Pacific have plastic Texas? Yeah, all yeah, right. So exactly. let's let's roll on. Um Bonnie Burns, some fine print from you. Well, for scissors, it said open with scissors, the packaging. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is so meta. That's funny, yeah. It's so meta? Is that what you said? Very yeah. yeah. And, and also wow. very unhelpful because if you buy scissors, it's because you need scissors. Yes, that is the point, I think. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I love that one. That's the platonic form of uh, a Department of Fine Print. Well done, Bonnie Burns. Thank you, Adam Felber. That's a way of getting neighbors to reach out to neighbors. Yes. You know, so you go over with your scissors in a package and you say to your neighbor, hey, can I use your scissors to open this? And then you have scissors and then you say to your neighbor, thank you. And if you ever need scissors, I got them. Right. Unless you hate your neighbor, in which case you um, have them open the scissors. And then once you have your scissors, you stab them with the scissors. <laughs> Boy, th th this went dark. <laughs> I, went, I went a little bit dark. I don't know why. Let's lighten things up because we've got Tony Anita Hall and she's made of sunshine. She is. 
Tony, uh, what's your department of fine print? So mine is a facial like beauty mask um, that's made with kukui nut and grapeseed oils, youth infusing mud mask with olive leaf extract and avocado oil um, from Shea Moisture for aging skin. And on the bottom, it says tested on our family for four generations, never on animals. <laughs> on our family? <laughs> that feels like the beginning of a horror movie. Come on in and meet her family. We've been so testing cosmetics weird. on them for 50 years. Grandma's been in this room with a mask so on for quite a while. Say hello to Grandma, but don't say anything about her nose. She, yeah, she hasn't breathed in quite a while, but her skin looks good. And do you need any scissors? <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, but now, let's turn towards our listeners. I bet they've found some fun stuff, haven't they, Tony? They did. So first up, we have Anita Raymond, who wrote oh, us. Oh, I love Anita. Yeah, yes. good old Anita. Uh, wrote, they changed <laughs> it now, but Aldi's vegan shredded mozzarella cheese used to have, quote, natural vegan flavor. What does a vegan taste like? My, my daughter's a vegan, but I've never bitten her. <laughs> now, Tony, as you know, I've always been a fan of our fan, Nanette Brubaker, um, even, even since she's become Nanette Brubaker Tewksbury, has she written in or is she just like so full of the, you know, the first blush of her marriage to Mr. Tewksbury? You're in luck, Adam. We heard from Nanette. Uh, okay. She wrote in from the early 90s. My son's Batman costume read, warning, cape does not enable user to fly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet they did have to cover their ass with that. Yeah, but if you're covering their your ass, shouldn't you cover it correctly? Shouldn't you say, warning, parents, please tell your kids that this doesn't enable you to fly? No. So this is this is a warning that a kid should read, you think? Um, Like, oh, I love my Batman costume. I'm going to fly, even though Batman himself doesn't fly because he's not a superhero in that manner. He's actually just a man who's very rich and has to... Anyway, I'm going to use it to like, wait a minute, what does it say on the package here? Oh, cape does not enable me to fly. Well, I won't try to fly with that then. <laughs> I, I, my, then usually the kid says to the parent, can you get me the other kind? <laughs> um, my guess is, sadly, it's not just four kids. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yeah, it could also have said, don't count on Robin to save you. Uh, but yeah, I, my guess is, yeah, that they they just pre preventing lawsuits. Uh, uh, Tony, what else? Yeah, Steve Kinzel wrote, Himalayan salt deposits were formed hundreds of millions of years ago when the mountains did not exist and the sea covered the land. How sad that my bottle of Himalayan salt expired last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We would have to get a salt expert on our show to explain Ooh. why that salt is good until you mine it, put it in a package, and send it to Steve. Tony, what's next? Um, Andrew Sackman wrote, This Aldi brand flour is, in not-so-fine print, not a low-calorie food. Why would we think that it... Wait, flour? It's just yeah, flour? Yeah, is not a low-calorie food. So what, he, what really? it was was... Uh, it, it, I think, Tony, if you do... It was a bag of Aldi brand brown flour in fine, not so fine print. Had. So you could try it again. 
Uh, this Aldi bra, it was an Aldi brand. Aldi bra? bra? It was an Aldi bra? <laughs> no. Aldi makes bras now? Is there anything <laughs> they can't do? Brand. No, you know what's great Aldi about Aldi it? Brand Aldi brand flour. flour. Um, no, what's really good about an Aldi bra is when you lactate, <laughs> um, you make paper mache. I like that. <laughs> Yikes. A bag. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> It's we so lost hot in here. It's so hot. Okay. It's hot. Um, uh, and, uh. <laughs> Why don't you start with Andrew Sackman? So our listeners know, Tony has a um, an air conditioner, but she can't run it during the show <laughs> taping. So at, And it is a 100-plus degree heat wave in Los Angeles. So the longer this show goes on... <laughs> Tony has been shrinking. She's lost uh, 15 pounds of water weight, and she's delirious. And this is just going to keep continuing for the rest of the show, and yet we're making her read fine print. Yeah, Tony, read that again. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Sackman wrote a bag. <laughs> I <laughs> Just keep going. Keep going, Tony. We promise we will we will call an ambulance brand. when it's appropriate. I promise you this. A bag of Aldi brand flour read in not so fine print, a low calorie food. <laughs> I never thought about flour being no, low no, no. or high Tony, calorie. You, uh, Tony, I think you left the word not out this time. No, God. You did. I think you really did. But it was oh, yeah. great. Let's retake this. Not a low calorie food. Okay. Tony, um, need a whole, a I don't care how hot you are. You're going to read this right. Who eats flour? I don't, this makes no sense to me. Everybody. Well, no. It's, an, it's an ingredient. You don't just eat flour. Yes, but if you, if you want to have a low calorie cookie, you should know, like, uh, flour is not a low-calorie food. What do you mean if you want to have a low-calorie cookie? <laughs> if you're eating a cookie, then low-calorie already isn't a part of the... I think that's what the flour bag is saying, Polly. You're just agreeing with them. No, okay. okay. You... All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Tony, are you, st Tony, Wait, are you still to... there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's just keep talking. There's a little <laughs> puddle on the chair there. I need to point this out. The people Aldi brown flour are the same people as the Aldi vegan cheese. Yes. Yes. That said it had the vegan flavor. Yeah. <laughs> well, my point is maybe they don't write product packaging that well. Tony, I think this is worth... Dying over. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bonnie had a point that had to be made regardless of heat stroke. Apparently, the way I understand it, Tony, and I know you're feeling a little delirious right now, <laughs> the Aldi vegan cheese is made by the same people as the Aldi flour. Do you yeah, see what I'm saying? Because it's brand. a brand. It's yeah. the brand. Now, it's the brand. I never heard of this company before until today. Stay, stay with really? me, Tony. Stay with me. Um, you know, I, uh, Tony, can you see her hair is all wet? Her hair is yeah. getting all wet. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, it's Tony. Wet. Okay. At this point, 
She's only on this podcast out of a sheer will to live. Tony, stay with us. Stay with us. Don't you die on me, Tony. Uh, Tony, Tony, do you have a defibrillator there in your, Paula, in your you apartment? you can't self-defibrillate. Once you need to be defibrillated, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe fact, she could strap it on and set a timer. There's a sign uh, right on the defibrillator that says... Um, not for use on self. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand why anybody cares whether flour is low calorie or, or not. I don't get it. It's an ingredient. It's not a food. Yeah, but it's, a, but it's an ingredient that you put in a food, so you'd want to know if it's low calorie. Like, no, Paula, if, if, I, if I was to pick up a cake, jar of peanut butter, wouldn't I want to know if the peanut butter is low cal or not? Well, it's not. What? Well, it's not, but you know what? They don't say that on the jar. Not a low-calorie food. They don't I believe that. that is Nobody is stupid enough to think peanut butter <laughs> is low-calorie. Tony, are you there? Tony, are you okay? Tony? I believe this is the irony that Andrew Sackman was pointing out to begin with. Yeah, Wait. Tony. Tony, try to move your fingers. Try to just wiggle your fingers. <laughs> And if you can wiggle your fingers, try to read the next piece of fine print from Matt Clark. Matt Clark writes, orange soda this naturally is- flavored <laughs> with other natural Oh, for God's sakes, Tony, put a little zest into it. <laughs> you don't want to go out like this. Come on. <laughs> I think we're going to have a lawsuit on our hands from Tony. <laughs> and all this is being recorded, you guys. So she'll just trot this right, right into the courtroom. Your Honor. They just kept making me read. They just kept making. I had. I say I was a hundred and fuck degrees, and they just kept making me read. Uh, We're the worst. Uh, Go on, Tony, please. This should cool you off, Tony, because it's about orange soda. Go ahead. I have to read it again. Matt Clark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt Clark wrote, "Orange soda naturally flavored with other natural flavors." Naturally. Uh, One more time, Tony. No, I'm kidding. We got <laughs> I think I see your eyelids flickering. Tony, Tony, are your eyelids? Tr- try to speak. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, well, that was a good know. one. Tony, I have to say this. Since you've become dehydrated and barely <laughs> responsive, you... You sound worse than you did when you had COVID, when we made you do the show yeah. when you had COVID. She yeah. does. I think yeah. in, this, in some ways this is worse. Tony, do you need to get some ice water? I don't think she has the strength to get ice water. Yeah, you know what, Tony? Let's just, um, let's go ahead and hear what Deirdre Lawler has to say. On a box of rat sack ready to use pre-baited trap reads, attractant paste contains gluten. so it's rat poison that is cruel and unusual a lot of rats have gluten allergies yeah you want to be careful when you're trapping your rats you want to be careful that you don't give them gluten some rats are also allergic to peanut butter so that's something to be careful about don't put that in your rat trap because then they could be bloated they could they could you know be uh Uh, congested absolutely (laughs) and that is the end 
of the Department of Fine Print and the end of Tony Anita Hall, possibly. Yeah, it's probably the end of Tony Anita Hall, who oh now... Oh, my God, poor Tony. It's, we've actually poured Tony Anita Hall into a test tube, and we're now sending it over to Everlywell. Tony, maybe you should take off that beanie hat. <laughs> but it's so fashionable. <laughs> and, the, and the mittens. Maybe you should take those off. That You might be a little bit more comfortable. It's just something to think you, of. You know, the thing about Tony is she's so into crafts. And so she's wearing that sweater with the cat on the front. I know. Just because she loves it, you know. And the embroidery and the fact, is so nice. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it's a hundred and fuck out, uh, she just, you know, nothing is going to stop her from, from wearing that, you know. This is the kind of uh, shit that our listeners are going to love when we launch that Patreon account. <laughs> yeah. These are like yeah. DVD extras. Wow, that was totally fun. Thank you, Tony and Dale Hall. Your sacrifice will be remembered for generations. Um, Adam! And now, let's get back to... Adam! Yes, yes, Adam, Paula. answer the phone! Uh, really? <laughs> yeah! I feel like we've had a very full show, Paula. Uh, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> answer the phone! This the, is giving me flashbacks the, to our 100th caller contest. The phone's ringing! All right, okay, okay. Hello? Hello, Adam. It's Gladdy Pilgrim. <laughs> Long time no talk. I've been so busy preparing for my move to Washington, D.C. I just haven't had time to talk, but I'm so glad to reach you now. Well, I'm glad to hear from you, Gladdy. Um, you're moving to Washington, D.C. Why, yes, I am President Trump's next Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> okay, let's unpack this for a second, Gladdy. You are Donald Trump is not president. You keep saying that, and the pillow guy keeps picking dates when he's going to get reinstated to the presidency, but that's really not going to happen. Well, I tell you what, Adam Felber, President Trump will be reinstated. I don't listen to Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, about when it's going to happen anymore because I believe that it is possible that God wanted Mike to return to crack for a little while, and it's caused him to miscalculate the day of the reinstatement. It, do it doesn't matter. Donald Trump may soon be charged with all sorts of crimes relating to carrying top secret documents around the world and then stashing them in the basement of his hotel. So, well, let me tell you something about President Trump. He is a saver. Anybody who knows him knows that. He saves clippings, postcards, souvenirs. He's a saver, just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gladia, I believe that Jesus Christ is considered by some to be a savior, not a saver. And Trump allegedly had documents about human intelligence. He could have gotten people killed. He wasn't trying to get anybody killed. He's a man of the people, Adam. He was going to use top secret documents as a backdrop for the family Christmas photo and send it out on their Christmas card. Many hardworking people, real Americans, good Christian Americans, have never seen a top secret document. And President yeah. Trump knows that's elitist. He loves the people. He's having the nuclear codes printed on the backs of the children's menus at Mar-a-Lago so the kids can color on them. He is just like Jesus Christ, who also believed in coloring, which is why he invented Vacation Bible School. <laughs> well, I hate to be rude, uh, Gladdy, but I'm in the middle of a podcast. I, I kind of have to go. You play your cards right, Adam Felber, and I might be able to get you President Donald Trump on your podcast. 
Oh, really? Well, I'm I'm burning all of my cards right now. Bye, Gladdy. <laughs> Till next time, Adam Felber. <laughs> wow. Oh, Gladdy Pilgrim. All right, well, that was fun. Hey, nobodies, if you have questions or comments, drop us a line at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Hey, Paula Poundstone, what's going on in the Paula Poundstone product empire this week? Adam, what's going on at Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, is about to be phenomenal. Or at least that's what Cynthia Cryer of Cynthia Cryer Public Relations says, who I've been working with to promote my shows and products, all at PaulaPoundstone.com. She says it's about to be phenomenal. Here's the newest technique she taught me. So I'm going to be performing on Friday, October 14th in Troy, New York at the Troy Savings Bank Music Hall, right? So Cynthia says it's good to get endorsements. For example, I might say on Friday, October 14th, I'll be in Troy, New York at the Troy Savings Bank Music Hall. And then Barack Obama would come on and say, Michelle and I will be there, uh, but we'll be wearing disguises so you might not recognize us. <laughs> or... On Wednesday, October 19th, I'll be in Brainerd, Minnesota at Central Lakes Community Performing Arts Center. So I'd say on Wednesday, October 19th, I'll be in Brainerd, Minnesota at Central Lakes Community Performing Arts Center. And Barack Obama <laughs> would come on and say, Michelle and I like to make haha our habit. So we listen to Paula Poundstone whenever we get the chance. Brainerd, where is that? And of course, on Thursday, October 20th, I'm going to be performing in Duluth, Minnesota at West Theater. So Barack Obama might say, Michelle, on Thursday, October 20th, Paula Poundstone is going to be in Duluth, Minnesota at West Theater. Maybe if we can find where Brainerd is, we can go there and Duluth. So we'd see her two nights. Should I buy tickets? Buy tickets at PaulaPoundstone.com? Listeners can also go to PaulaPoundstone.com to grab a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone hooded sweatshirt or a Poundstone pussy pillow cat toy personally autographed to your cat. That's PaulaPoundstone.com. There's more, of course, but Tony's melting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, those, those are some fantastic hypothetical endorsements from Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't talked to him yet, but that's how you would do it. You know, that's what Cynthia yeah. said. Is that Tony in that cup? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it was quite ingenious of her to get that cup out and melt into it. Yeah. she's A lot Tony of other is, people might have just melted. Yeah, all over the desk, all over the chair. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's a little cup of Tony. Cup of Tony. Yeah. I, I want to say, uh, on the tip of hypothetical endorsements, you know, Paula Poundstone might say, hey, if you're enjoying Adam Felber on this podcast and you like music, you might want to listen to his other podcast. Hey, listen, Bad Adam, Land. we're really going to have to wrap it up because Tony is not well, feeling well. And so we're going to have to get okay. off as quickly as we can now. Because we um, have plenty of time for phone calls and, and, and your endorsements. I just thought maybe... Yeah, no, but we don't. No. Yeah, we don't. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Paula, we've come to that point in the podcast where we ask the question... Did Paula Poundstone use this week's vocabulary word grotty correctly during the show? Oh no. Oh you did. Would you shut up, Bonnie? Okay, you're right. <laughs> I'll take that out. No, it's okay. Leave it in. We're all dying of the heat. 
Yeah, well, Paula, God. if you have, we'll be drinking. Hold on. A little... I have to change my shirt. Wait a second. <laughs> well, Paula, if you have used the word grotty in a sentence correctly, uh, we'll be treated to a little bit of the amazing share, and you'll get to mail her a check for $1. But if you haven't, we'll hear from our resident psychic, Cher Eva. Did Paula Poundstone use this week's vocabulary word grotty correctly during tonight's show? Lay their money down. Well, there you go, Paula. Yay! Yay! Congratulations. I'm gonna send use- I'm gonna send share a check for a dollar and uh, a little eyedropper full of Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's all pour one out for Tony right now. Oh, but let's God. not pour out Tony because, you know, maybe there's some way to reconstitute her after this heat wave is done. <laughs> Once in love with Tony. Hey, everybody. Remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. And also drop us a review. Those things really make a difference. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know more about, well, I just told you about 20 minutes ago. It's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and me, Adam DeFelber. Special thanks to our guest, Professor Art Markman. Yeah. Check out his podcast, Two Guys on Your Head, wherever you stream your pods. And thanks to our house band, Darcy Hamlin. Yay. Yay. Our show be produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Burkobian. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Adam? Yeah, Paula. Um, I've absorbed Tony in this paper towel. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Um, be careful with it. You know what I was thinking I was, I was going to do is maybe, um, I think it's supposed to be like this for at least another week. And so then we could just wring it out. And put it in the freezer. And, and, and what? And she said, and, Look, Paula, and, I, I just like to think since you've got her over there, that wherever Tony is, she's with Ben Franklin now. <laughs> I loved talking to Ben Franklin. He's, you know, he's got quite an attitude for a guy who's been dead that long. <laughs> yeah, he's insouciant. He's, uh, he's adorable. Hey, wait a minute. That's a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word, isn't it? If it wasn't, it should have been. Yeah, I think it was. I think, yeah. I've used up almost all the words there are now. Yeah, you're you're out of words. Everything that's left in the dictionary is either like a medical term or a plant. It's all medical plants. Yeah, Yeah. it's sludge. You don't need that kind of stuff anymore. We have to move on. Maybe we'll do, uh, what can we do besides vocabulary words? Um, Well, body parts. Yeah, it's good. We're going to have to study up on body parts in order to reassemble Tony. Oh, poor Tony. You know, I'll never forget the last thing she said to me. It was fuck I'm hot, wasn't it that? Yeah, it was fuck I'm hot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
What's that dripping sound? Do you hear that dripping sound? Oh, yeah. Paula, you gotta, you gotta put that paper towel in something. Oh, fuck! I just dripped Tony Your dog is throat. right at... Oh, Paula, no! <laughs> Your dog isn't... Oh, I felt oh. terrible. Oh, my God. Bad girl, Mo. <laughs> Mo, Mo drank Tony. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So we're done, right? A podcast network. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.